Hey, it's Andrew Wilkow. Here's my opening monologue from today's Wilkow Majority on Sirius XM Patriot. This Donald Trump Fulton County case is done. It's over. Just stick a fork in it. The jury foreman went on television to talk about the case and not only did that, clearly demonstrated a bias toward the accused. This is over. And you know what's going to happen is you're going to have all these left-wing legal analysts jumping up and down. Well, we would have gotten, but it was a mistrial. You've been saying we would have got him, we were going to get him since 2015. It seems like every time the Democrats think they got him, they don't. I mean, this is this is embarrassing. So we'll get to that. But where we are right now, and I'm not giving you, I know this is opinion radio, but I'm going to present to you fact. Where we are right now in the Russia-Ukraine war is all Joe Biden's fault. Oh, that's what you guys say. That's what you guys just say. You blame Biden for everything. You know, if Donald Trump was the worst ever president of the United States, how come none of this stuff happened on his, on, on his watch? Right, if he was in bed with dictators and league with fascists and all this, why wouldn't they have made their moves if they had thought they had someone sympathetic in the White House? And I'm I'm watching. I'm I'm not even going to play that many clips of it because just it's just it's 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 just silly that you you're getting these this convoluted logic from people on CNN and MSNBC that you know this is happening because they knew Biden. They knew Biden wouldn't stand for it. What? That doesn't make any sense. That 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 that's not even logical. That that if Biden was going to put up such a resistance towards an aggressive Russia and an aggressive China, why would they want to make it harder on themselves? If 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 dictators, fascists, you know, autocrats were looking to make their moves, wouldn't they do so when there's an alleged autocrat in the White House, an alleged fascist in the White House, an alleged uh, you know, lover of all things dictator in the White House? Why would they wait for Joe Biden? They didn't wait for Joe Biden. Joe Biden just presented them the perfect opportunity. Under Donald Trump, we had China at the bargaining table. We were sanctioning Russian oligarchs. We were sanctioning their oil pipelines. If I have to dig up the clips again, I will. Not a problem. They're easy to find. Donald Trump went to the UN, NATO summit, you name it, and said if the Germans and other EU member states continue to get hooked on Russian oil, there's going to be a problem. There's going to be a problem. It's going to be bad for NATO. It's going to be bad for the world. And I remember the, the laughter from the German delegation at the UN and then Seth Meyers and Jimmy Kimmel and the rest of these, these idiot late-night chuckleheads, all of whom are losing to Gutfeld, by the way. They're all losing to Gutfeld. Gutfeld's number one, beating the pants off all of them. But they all mocked Donald Trump for this. 
And it turned out he was 100% right. Now, what did Joe Biden do to cause all of this? Joe Biden came into the White House and started rescinding land leases for American oil and natural gas companies. He canceled major pipeline products projects for oil and natural gas companies. But then he turned around and lifted the sanctions on the Russian pipeline that passed right through Finland, right past Finland, excuse me, into Germany. And the Germans began increasing their use and purchase of Russian oil. That's a fact. That's a fact. It's a fact. I'm not giving you opinion here. Then Joe Biden did this, and nobody seems to want to talk about it. And that is, he wrote an executive order issuing a moratorium, 20-year moratorium on rare earth mining in the United States, while then signing executive orders to manipulate the automobile market where we need to be 50% EV by 2030. Well, where the hell are the batteries going to come from? That's right, China. It was a giveaway to China. Total, total giveaway. Total giveaway. Then we had the withdrawal from Afghanistan, which was a disaster. All while the effects of this, his energy policies were creeping up gas prices. Then came the multi-trillion dollar packages that created inflation. We look weak. Our economy wasn't functioning. The good news from the left-wing media is just that good news from left-wing media. We are staring down a recession. Inflation is still at a 40-year high. Gas prices have come down slightly, but not nearly to where they were in 2018 and 2019. And I have a question for the so-called anti-war left-wing progressives. You say you want to slow military spending, but at the same time, you want to give a blank check to Ukraine. Well, if you are trying to rein in the power of the military-industrial complex, where do you think all these weapons are coming from? Again, this is the dislogic of the left. Pharmaceutical companies are too powerful, they say. But the minute there's COVID, they say, oh, let's force people to get vaccinated and buy millions of doses to give away around the world. Then later down the road, we'll complain about the profiteering from the pharmaceutical companies. You gave them billions of dollars, our money, and now you're complaining about their profits. It's complete dislogic. You can't say that we have to cut defense spending, but then we're going to spend on military hardware for Ukraine for, for an endless amount of time. Joe Biden said it yesterday. We are going to stay as long as it takes for all time. So don't complain about war profiteering. Don't complain. This is how war profiteering works. Wines at 695 Patriot 9572874. That doesn't make me in league with Putin or a supporter of fascists. Your own logic or dislogic is on display. Where's Bernie? Bernie never stopped talking about the war machine until we got into Ukraine. We're not in Ukraine. 
technically. I mean, billions of American dollars are over there. We might not be we're, we might not be shedding blood, but we are shedding treasure. Winetick six ninety five Patriot nine five seven two eight seven four. Let's see, where do we want to go? This Emily Coors. I'm going to be playing these clips all throughout the uh, the program. Here you have Emily Coors, the Fulton County, Georgia grand jury four person. Right, we can't call her a foreman because that would that would be using gendered language. Here she is on CNN. Play cut three. I do want to say off the top, as you and I just discussed, but for everyone to know, you are somewhat limited in what you can discuss under judges under the judge's orders as of now. But one we do know, of course, one of the biggest questions remaining for everyone that wasn't in that jury room with you is how many people are in trouble here? What can you tell us about how many people you recommended as a group to face indictments? I well, thank you for having me, first of all. And I'm I'm hesitant to speak to something that the judge made a decision not to share. He, uh, I don't know if everyone's aware of this, but there was a hearing um, about what parts of the report should and should not be published in its various forms. And the list, well, the sections that were removed were consciously chosen to be removed. And I don't want to say I have better judgment than the judge. That's totally understandable. Is it, would you say, when it comes to, there are indi- there are indictments recommended, of course. Is it yes. more than 12 people? Is it more than 20 people? I think if you look at the page numbers of the report, there's about six pages in the middle that got cut out. Allow for spacing. It's not a short list. What hippie coffee house or hot topic location did they get this moron from? Is the prosecution purposely blowing its case? Do they know they have nothing and they've allowed this this person to get out there and start speaking on a case that is ongoing? We're not talking about somebody who's looking in hindsight. This is an ongoing case right now. Here she is again. Cut four, CNN. After everything that you've seen, what would your reaction be if the DA decides against bringing any charges after what you've seen? I will be sad if nothing happens. Like that's, that's about my only request there is, is for something to happen. I don't necessarily know what it is. I'm not the legal expert. I'm not the judge. I'm not the lawyers. But I, I will be frustrated if nothing happens happens. This was too much, too much information, too much of my time, too much of everyone's time, too much of their time, too much argument in, in court about getting people to appear before us. There was just too much for this to just be, oh, okay, we're good. Bye. And if it was just a perjury charge or perjury charges, would that be acceptable to you? That's fine. I will be happy as long as something happens. (laughs) So in other words, you don't actually want to objectively look at evidence. You want an outcome, which you've now just poisoned the entire process. You moron. Do they know they have nothing and they turned a blind eye as she was? I mean, you don't have to have a law degree to know that judges 
tend to expect juries to be quiet during the during the grand jury investigation, during the trial, until the outcome. And even then, you don't want jurors being like, I knew he was guilty as soon as he walked in the door. I could tell if someone's guilty just by looking at him. And it wasn't enough. Nope. She bounced over to MSNBC. Cut five. Did you personally want to hear from the former president? I wanted to hear from the former president, but honestly, I kind of wanted to subpoena the former president because I got to swear everybody in. And so I thought it'd be really cool to get 60 seconds with President Trump of me looking at him and being like, do you solemnly swear? And me getting to swear him in? I just, I kind of just thought that would be an awesome moment. An awesome moment because you want him found guilty. When Trump's legal team files a motion to dismiss and they get it, I can't wait to hear the reaction. And you know what? Maybe somebody will turn around and go, hey, why did you book this woman? I mean, it's not their responsibility. If she wants to talk, they're going to talk to her. But here's the reaction from Anderson Cooper and CNN legal analyst Ellie Honing. Play cut six. I, this person is talking on TV. I do not understand. She's clearly enjoying herself. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, is this responsible? She was the foreperson of this grand jury. This is a horrible idea, and I guarantee you that prosecutors are wincing watching her go on this. But... I was wincing just <laughs> watching her eagerness yes. to, like, you know, hint at stuff. It's painful in that respect. This is a very serious prospect here. We're talking about <laughs> indicting any person. You're talking about potentially taking away that person's liberty. We're talking about potentially a former president for the first time in this nation's history. She does not seem to be taking that very right. seriously. There's no reason for her to be out talking. No, I mean, there's a, but right. you so guys booked her. Nightmare. She, okay. Mark my words. Donald Trump's team is going to make a motion if there's an indictment to dismiss that indictment based on grand jury impropriety. And she's not get supposed it. to be talking about anything, really, but she's really not supposed to be talking about the deliberations. She's talking about what specific witnesses they saw, what the grand jury thought of them. She says some of them we found credible, some of them we found funny. I don't know why that's relevant, but she's been saying we found this guy funny or interesting. I think she's potentially crossing a line here. It's going to be a real problem for prosecutors. Y- you, you, th- you think? <laughs> you guys put her on television. I get it. It was ratings. I get it. I get it. It's newsworthy. But you literally handed this woman the microphone to sink the entire damn case. (laughs) Trump wins again. Better luck next time, right? We've been saying that since 2015. And they're all going to be jumping up and down. They're going to have this former prosecutor, this former FBI agent, this former election official, this Democrat. Oh, well, we would have if it wasn't for the jury foreperson. Yeah, that's kind of an important thing. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) You were this close. You were this close. Boy, we haven't heard a lot about the documents, have we? From Donald Trump. Like I said, I think that one's going to go down. They could bring in this Jack Smith with his, you know, evil future dictator purple robe all they want. This is going down like the Mueller, like the Mueller report. Well, what if we, what if we, what if we get, uh, you know, this teeny tiny charge? Will that make you happy? Sure. Okay. You know, now you're going to get nothing. Wine 695 Patriot 957-2874. Again, you don't have, you don't even have to watch Judge Judy to get this stuff, right? You don't you you don't have you don't have to know anything to get you don't allow the jury a juror in a case like this to go on television 
basically mocking the process. And you heard Elionic. They're gonna they're gonna file the motion and they're gonna get it. We're right, they're wrong. That's the end of the story. The arguments on this radio program cannot be broken. Sirius XM Patriot. You can join me live on the Will Count Majority, Monday to Friday, noon to 3 East, 9 to noon West, on Sirius XM Patriot, Channel 125.